This is episode 43 of the Mentally Ill Mentor podcast. Hey there, everybody from beautiful Cardston, Alberta, Canada. My name is Dave Miller, and welcome back to the Mentally Ill Mentor podcast, where we discuss the secrets of how you or someone you love can begin winning the battle with depression, anxiety, thoughts of suicide, and lots of other mental health challenges. And after my own personal battle for over 20 years with all those kinds of things and more, I am now on an all-out mission to guide you and as many other people as I can in creating a life of lasting hope, happiness, and purpose. So thank you for being here again with me today. I just love you so much, and I'm so grateful for the opportunity that we have to connect again here today. Today, I want to go through episode 43, again, as I had mentioned, and this is day four of my personal diary, Diary of a Deeply Depressed Dad is what I've called it, and this is in February uh, at 4.15 p.m., day four. Today, I'm just going to read right through. You may hear some emotion, but I'm not going to give you any sort of uh, comments until the very end and comment on it at all. Let's jump into it. So again, this is day four in February uh, on a Sunday, 4.15 p.m., Diary of a Deeply Depressed Dad. This is my actual diary from several years ago. Today has been a really great day. Amy looked incredibly hot and sexy today. My, oh my. I sometimes fall into a bad habit of focusing on her very few undesirable qualities, but when she looks so gorgeous, it really is hard to focus on anything other than the fact that God obviously loves me a lot and has somehow helped me talk one of his most beautiful daughters into marrying me. Wonderfully, I feel very blessed that Amy is also gorgeous on the inside because of the way she lives her life. Not only does she sacrifice every day to feed our family and make sure our children are well taken care of, she does her very best to love me, for which I am deeply grateful. And although she does have her moments of difficulty, I suppose those only show she's human, which I'm really grateful for. When I really think about it, I know for certain that without her, I would be two things. Number one, divorced. And number two, dead. She has stuck with me through the darkest days of my entire life. And contrary to the advice of some of her family members and even one of our church leaders, she has remained by my side, loyally defending her position that my mental illness has been just that, an illness, and that my weird manic episodes and deeply depressed times are not who I fundamentally am. So, God be thanked for Amy, my bestest friend in the whole wide world. Star, star, star. Today at church in our elders quorum class, so-and-so shared some information about a co-worker that has been on my mind ever since. 
This person said that last night when he got in late to plug in his semi-truck, he's a trucker, he noticed, noticed there were a bunch of people in the office, which was very abnormal for a Saturday night. Sadly, he found out that earlier that day, one of his co-workers had committed suicide. Of course, this person didn't go into detail as to how he did it or anything, but only talked about how he didn't know the man very well, but wished that he had befriended him and maybe could have helped him. So-and-so is such a nice guy. After our class, class, I asked him more about his co-worker. He said he was 51 years old, married with four children, ages 16 to 21, I believe. He also said that, although he didn't have lots of interaction with the men, when he did, he seemed very personable, talkative, etc. Definitely not someone you would suspect would commit suicide. As I stood there and talked to this person, I thought to myself, yes, I can believe that if you or almost anyone at church knew that I was really struggling with the temptation of suicide, they would be blown away. Sadly, it sounded from what this person said, like the man who committed suicide, or sorry, like the man who committed suicide, and like me, he may have felt pretty stressed out financially. I guess his wife hasn't been in good health for a while now, and as a result, has been unable to work. Not sure whether or not he had an insurance policy that his wife and kids can benefit from. In any case, it was interesting when Amy and I talked to uh, this person's wife about, about it in the coat room as we were getting ready to go home. This person's wife said that for one of their teacher conferences, they had a speaker come that had struggled with anxiety, depression, etc. And she said that that speaker explained that suicide is not about wanting to abandon people you love or even about wanting to die. It is simply about wanting to escape from the relentless emotional pain. I wish I could have done something to help this man before he got to the point that he believed suicide was his only option. But as one who is still struggling to ensure that I deal with my emotional pain and remain alive, I know that my mission right now is to do whatever it takes to get myself better. If I can't do that, I am literally no good to anyone else in terms of my ability to help. On the note of getting better, I was intrigued with something, I won't say the name, said in her talk today in church. I think she's only 12 years old or so. She read a quote by M. Russell Ballard, I believe, that talked about the great importance of making Jesus Christ our best friend. Wow, that's quite a concept. And my first thought is, I wish he wanted me as a best friend. And my next thought is, but he wouldn't, because I'm too broken. 
Nobody wants to be friends with someone whose brain doesn't work properly a good part of the time and who is full of emotion and emotions that would almost certainly seem weird most of the time.